1: I talk with an abuse survivor named Darren, and Darren discusses his codependent behaviors, being worthy, and taking responsibility for his own issues in the aftermath of his relationship. And now we before we get to our episode with Darren, I just wanted to thank everyone in the Narcissist Apocalypse community for listening to the show and sharing your thoughts by email, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. A big shout out to all of our friends in our Narcissist Apocalypse Facebook support group for being just a great group of people. So hello to all of you out there. Also a reminder: If you haven't list, left left, <laughs> oh god, I'm flipping over my words already. If you haven't left us a review on whatever podcast service you use—Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Castbox, etc., cetera, etc.—leave cetera, us a five-star written review, as it helps out the show a lot when it comes to rankings. Now, the quickest way to be part of our show is if you want to read a letter to your narcissist and be part of our letters to our narcissist compilation episode. We have a voicemail recorder on our website to record. Go to NarcissistApocalypse.com. It's on the right side of the page. It's always floating around. It's hard to miss. There's a button there, and it says, send voicemail. Press it, and away you'll go. You can record once, twice, three times, four times. It records up to five minutes, so record as many times as you need. We are accumulating these letters for a volume three of that episode. And if you want us to read your letter for you, that's me and my old pal Melissa, send your letter to NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com and put letters to my narcissist in the subject line. And before I get out of my own way, I just wanted to pre-discuss this episode and why I think it's pretty interesting. Before Darren came into this relationship, he had a lot of stuff going on in his life, and he had codependent issues. And the funny thing about this episode is we actually never bring up the word codependency. We kind of skirt around it in a sense, but we're discussing a lot of codependent behavior that, that is going on. And it's really interesting. You know, a lot of episodes, there's different focal points. Sometimes we focus on tactics. Sometimes, you know, it's a lot of the time we're, we're focusing on the behavior of the actual narcissist themselves and i found a lot here we were dealing with introspection on on darren's part as far when it comes to his own issues coming into it and then the aftermath and and how he dealt with with things and how he used this uh, bad relationship as a springboard to creating a better version of himself and really deep diving into all the issues that he brought to the table, which added to or you know he was easily taken advantage of because of these the codependency that w- was going on so I really found this episode interesting, and you know if you listen to the end you 'll be able to hear. Uh, a lot of the things that he was working on uh, throughout the process and how he did it. So uh, thank you, uh, Darren, for being on the show. And for everyone, I'm now officially going to get out of your way, my way, Darren's way. Here is my episode with Darren. Welcome to this episode. And with me today, I have Darren. How are you, Darren? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for being on this episode and sharing your story with me and our audience. And I'm just going to get out of your way for you to tell your story. All right.
0: Um, Well, pressure's on now, right, Huh? I'm kind of – I kind of have been all over the place. Um, I moved a lot when I was younger. Um, Mm -hmm. Kind of typical, you know – I was born in Boston. Um, then I moved South when my parents got divorced and, um, I kind of stayed South and, um, kind of my, my parents, my family, my family life is very fractured. Um, I'm the youngest of, of, uh, three. Um, I have an older brother and older sister. And, um, basically, uh, my mom was, I was really, really close to my mom. And, um, she was, you know, she's always like my hero in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, I was going to school and then I kind I, of, I was really quiet in school. I didn't have any friends, you know, the, you honest, know, the first time I ever asked a girl out, she laughed at me and it was just kind of a very traumatic experience. So I always was not the greatest with, um, with women. I was pretty overweight when I was in, um, high school, uh, when I graduated, I got to over 300 pounds, um. Then I lost a little bit of it. And then uh, kind of on a whim, I, I joined a band and I uh, did that for a while. And then, you know, I kind of had this uh, while I was doing that, um, my mom died of cancer. Um, and then like uh, right before she died, my grandma died as well. So it was a lot of loss. And, you know, during that whole time, I kind of was, you know, it was very, you know, I never really dated I never really, I had a girlfriend, like my first girlfriend I had when I was 21. Um, his first ever real girlfriend, and that was just a cluster. And, uh, after that, I kind of just said, I'm not going to date. And my band was really like my, the love of my life. And when that fell apart in my late 20s, I kind of had this, uh, just a very much of a reckoning. Um, I kind of got lost in drinking and, um, I got to a point where I moved across the country again to try to kind of think like, you know, if I changed the location, it would, uh, somehow make me happier. And, uh, I realized that it wasn't. So I moved back south and, um, kind of, yeah, I started going to therapy after that. And I, I really was able to highlight a lot of my, um, uh, my abandonment issues. I realized that even to this day, I still have pretty strong abandonment issues. Um, and it was something where I couldn't, um, I was pretty just really down. I was really depressed and, um, you know, I was trying dating, but it wasn't really clicking. And then, um, the, this the, probably the most important person that I've ever dated, uh, came into my life, uh, about five years ago now. Um,
1: can I ask you one question just... before you start? Into yeah, this sure. Part? Uh, so in your, uh, before you met what is to be your, your ex, Mm -hmm. you were, uh, you went to therapy. Were you dealing with, uh, I guess what some of your biggest issues? Uh, The need to be loved, loved and, uh, attention. Was that a big thing for you?
0: Yeah. I mean, definitely. I think I, I, I was drawn to, especially performing, um, when I was a musician. Um, it was definitely attention was, was man, it was addicting. Um, but, also, like there's one thing I realized through this whole process, too, and I don't think I was really ready to hear it before this relationship, but um, I've always just struggled with uh feeling worthy and being good enough um when you know, to go back to but I kinda remember my my dynamic of my mom, my mom had a lot of stuff going on and was dealing with a lot of turmoil, especially with my older siblings, and what I learned was to kind of, um, just kind of put my feelings on the back burner and say, you know, kind of almost like fall on the sword, so to speak, and be like, you know, I'm not going to bother you with what, with my feelings. Um, I'm going to just, you know, take one for the team and I'm just going to put on a good face and I'm not going to burden you with my, my issues. Um, and I kind of, Learned and she, I think, in a weird way. I mean, I don't think she did this purposely, uh, but I think she was just appreciative because she just knew. She always told me, like, oh, you're just so easy. I oh, mean, I said my name.
1: Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, um, don't worry, just, just continue.
0: Okay, sorry. Um, but she would say, you know, don't, don't worry, you know, oh, don't worry, we, um, Uh, you know, you're so easy to talk to and, you know, you're the easiest one and all that stuff. So it always made me feel like, well, that's how I get acceptance is that I just don't bring up my feelings. I'll just, and I literally just ate my feelings. And, um, so I, I kind of realized that I definitely struggle with feeling love and affection. It's, it's very, it's a very foreign concept. Um, and it definitely was a struggle. And, Unfortunately, it made me probably the most perfect bait for what happened.
1: It sounds like you were – this was destined to happen. Like based upon your personality, like you just had to run into the wrong one, which was probably going to be inevitable at some point, and yeah, Yeah. you did. I just pushed –
0: yeah, and I pushed it because I was so like – um, you know, I talked to my first girlfriend years later and she just said, you always had like love repellent on. And it always kind of stuck with me. And I didn't really realize until I went through this, how, like, I just would not allow, like, I would, I, I would not allow anybody to get too close. And I always just kind of kept people at a distance because and I didn't really know why, but I just always felt kind of like, almost like when people would be interested in me, I just was really confused. I was like, why? There's there's something wrong with you if you like me. That's just weird. You know, it was, and so I always chased after people that didn't want anything to do with me. Or if they did, I just, you know, it was up to a certain point. And then I just, I never understood this process, like why I felt this way, you know? and um, And then like, you know, I started kind of feeling like, you know, um, and I remember before, like, I remember having this like conversation with myself and by then I stopped going to therapy cause, uh, I felt like, oh, I figured this out now. My hubris got the best of me. Um, and I felt like, you know, uh, you know, I remember just thinking like, you know, I never really tried to be in a relationship. Like I never, I always had one, I think it was a line from, um, uh, uh, I forget the name of John, Louis John Cusack. Uh, but he always said, his, you know, he always had one foot in and one foot out um, of every relationship. And I kind of realized that I had I had been living that way. And I remember thinking, you know, maybe my – and I was like, well, I'm the problem. So I'm what I'm going to do with the next person I date, I'm going to put all my chips in the center of the table. And I'm going to try my hardest, and I'm going to ask – for the bare minimum, like just table scraps, crumbs. Um, I'm going to interrupt
1: i going to interrupt for one second, and I apologize for everyone, but the movie nerd got the best of me. High fidelity.
0: Thank you. God, <laughs> I could not think of it. I was thinking like <laughs> Rose Point Blank. I was saying like that's not it, you know, uh, you know. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. Um, I was dying to say it right there. I'm a movie nerd. Ah, I,
0: you could interrupt me. I uh, love that movie, but it's, it's been years since I've seen it. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, um, anyway, uh, what was I? Oh yeah. So I pushed when I, when I realized all this stuff, I realized like, wow, like I, and I thought if I just asked for that, that, those crumbs, I thought it would, there would be no way I couldn't get it, you know, like
1: you set set, set your bar really low. Yes,
0: and I figured that's probably what I need to do because I always, you know, never really let anybody in. So I thought, oh, I'm just going to try it this time, and you know, maybe I'll get this love that I've that I've been avoiding my whole life at this point. So, and um, that was I I met my my ex uh, off of Tinder. Uh, and I remember I was actually in the process of being like, you know, uh, the dates I had gone on and, and, and the, the people I was talking to, like nothing was clicking. So I was actually almost at the point where I was like, I'm gonna just, I, you know, I'm just gonna turn this off and I'm not going to date for a while. Cause this is just not working. And I saw her and as anybody knows, like she super liked me and I thought, wow, this, this girl is pretty pretty you know, she has a great smile and great eyes and all that stuff. And I was like, wow, this is nice. And, you know, um, we kind of just exchanged messages, uh, very, you know, very nice. Like, you know, just calm, you know, I realized she, she was about an hour away from me. And so there was a little bit of distance. So I didn't feel the, the, the pressure, the rush to, um, meet her right away, you know? So, we, after probably a day or two, we exchanged numbers and we talked on the phone and she had this like, you know, great voice. And, um, she doesn't really loud, like kind of, uh, I kind of, I really loved it. It was a very loud, it was, I thought the loud was a very infectious laugh and it was very powerful. And she was very confident and, um, and I was not confident. So this was like, wow, this is nice. Like, like I remember thinking like, you know, wow, we really balanced each other out, like kind of yin and yang stuff. And I kind of started feeling like, wow, this was kind of nice, you know. And you know, we, like we we talked for almost two weeks, and it was about everything—music, movies, uh, you know, faith, spirituality, all that kind of stuff, you know. And so. we finally agreed to meet and it was about a month into talking all I'd say about three weeks to a month. Um, we met in a mall and, um, it was really nice. Like, you know, she, she was in the process of getting a divorce and it was just really talking. Um, I didn't know how she would gauge me. And, um, it was nice. It was a really just nice, but I always kind of gave her avenues to leave. Like I'd walk, you know, I took her out to, to, to lunch and then, you know, we'd walk around and I kept on like kind of being like letting her know, like, it's okay. I was almost expecting the rejection in a way. And, um, it never came And I, but I still felt really off by it. And then, you know, we, we left and I gave her a hug and, you know, I, um, basically drove away. and I remember thinking like, oh, I screwed that up or, I messed something up and she texted me. She it was a really nice meeting you. And, um, I really love to do it again. And I was like, Holy crap. Like that actually worked. And, um, then we just kind of started dating and, and then it really just kicked off. Next time we met, it was like, we we all said, let's be exclusive with after the second date and a month in and we were pretty hot, heavy. And, um, it really started progressing there. And then like Valentine's day hit and, you know she she gave me probably still the best gift I've ever gotten, and it was this- this jar and it was um you, it, on the top of it it said you are you are undeniably and it was inside this glass jar was all these pieces of paper of all these words she thought I was, you know like you know funny handsome uh, intelligent, all these things, and I just remember just being so. Blown away by this. Like, I had never experienced anybody doing that for me. Like, being that thoughtful, because I'd always been, you know, the type that I did that stuff. And to have it done to me, um, was just, I was floored, you know? And I remember this beautiful, I was thinking, this beautiful girl likes me. Like, this is unreal, you know? And, um, it, it just, it felt everything felt right and i i had ignored a lot of the 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 flags about her and because i just wanted to see you know the good things um but you know she had a really rough life and um just really just a lot of bad choices by her but family life was awful um just abusive relationships and i remember thinking like i'm not going to do that almost like I'm going to protect her. Or I'm going to save her, you know, from this stuff. And, um, I just felt like, you know, this person actually really likes me and I like her. This is like, this is what this feels like. You know, I remember just feeling that way. Like I cannot believe that this, this feels this way.
1: So, um, so for you, she's showing interest in you that you've never felt or experienced before. Um, never, never you have a deep empathy for how she grew up
0: yeah huge i mean you know uh, it was definitely wrong side of the track stuff but you know she even though you know i i have struggles with religion um especially christianity from stuff from my past um she i you know she she was she would go to church every week she she collected bibles and you know, I was thinking like, wow, okay, well, this person really turned it around. Like, you know, this is someone who um, kind of got through the the bullshit of life and like came out ahead. Like, realized it, you know, and co- made some corrections. And I felt like I was doing that, so I felt even more attached to um, this 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 person who's been who transformed. I almost took inspiration from it, you know.
1: Um, and not just transformed, I guess, in your mind, someone who goes to uh, church, or at least in the way that she is, she's gotten her life back together, is a trustworthy individual. In your, is that what you're saying to yourself?
0: Yeah, like I can, like she would tell me stuff because I kind of felt like um, I really just respected her. You know, I respected the 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 fact that she did turn around and that made me do, and made me actually. You know, I've always been kind of suspicious, I guess, um, and it's not because of anybody else. It was just kind of where I where I'd come from, um, and d- what I dealt with. Uh, I, I just I trusted her. I felt like, wow, this is you know, she always told me like you know how much she hated being cheated on, and and um, so she, I would never do that to anybody. And I just was like, okay, and like you know, it's like I felt like like wow, this person really has a lot of high moral caliber um and from from not having one so it's like it was like you know from what she did in her life it was i mean just a lot of just really self destructive behavior that she had um i felt like you know she turned it around when she found god or whatever and was really just rectifying herself and i thought wow it's and i kind of felt like i was doing that like the reclamation project you know um i had this amazing woman in my life and, and i would tell me stuff like you know, she was sitting there she goes, Yeah, I was telling my mom, you know, she said, I you know, I could spend the rest of my life with you um in regards to me. Um and be really happy. And I remember like, wow, like this is incredible. Like this is real. Like I and I all that stuff I remember um seeing from couples and movies and all that kind of stuff. I felt like wow, this is really my life. Like I actually have this. This is this is phenomenal.
1: So at this point um, trust is been fully built most likely um right here i would assume after the mom says that do you have her on a pedestal at this point
0: oh yeah 100
1: like, you, percent. do you know that you have her on a pedestal here or you, it's, you won't even come to that, re- that realization until later down
0: the uh, i think you know in the back of my head i realized it but i just felt at this point um I think it was a little, you know, I felt like I didn't deserve her in a way. Um, and it was kind of a combination of a few emotions, right? It was a little bit of, I kind of realized I was doing this, and I knew I probably shouldn't do it, but I figured, no, 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 she's okay. Like, she fixed herself, you know? And even though there was a lot of red flags that were flaring, um, there was still that, like, I, I just constantly just gave her the benefit of the doubt because I felt like she was she was this person. So yeah, I mean I, it's kind of like – and I think anybody who's gone through this stuff, it's like you know it's bad kind of, but you don't realize how bad it is. It's like you, you have justified and have in a way warped this person to be something they're not it, because you need them to be this person for my reason was I needed that strong woman in my life, which I felt I needed at the time um, because I had lost that. And, and I know it's a little Oedipus and I, I get that and I see that now, but I didn't really understand why I was, you know, so, you know, just because so This person was fun. You know, it was, she was a lot of fun.
1: It just it sounded to me like in your mind, You think you're the one who is, I guess, you know, I use the term emotional vampire, the one who's using her energy to your benefit while you're not realizing Mm -hmm. that eventually we'll find out that this person is going to be really sucking your energy until they're going to eventually discard you eventually like uh in your story oh yeah it, but but in but 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 in the first place you thought you were the one doing it to her is that in your mind
0: um you know in 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 a good way like i took her energy and it kind of like you know because i was really in a bad funk and then when i met her it was like i felt like i i had gotten this like jolt
1: well, you, no, thought, you thought the like, energy was going to work in a circle where you would get something from that and she would get it from you and it would work in a circle and you'd have this momentum where you were building each other going forward.
0: Exactly. Okay. The tough run over, so to yeah. speak. Yes. Okay. Um, I very felt it was a mutual thing. Um, and it kind of caused me to, um, you know, definitely, like I said, it definitely caused me to ignore um, some big flags, but I just kind of... Um, like I said, I kind of just gave her the benefit of doubt because I've, I, you know, in a way I was getting all this great energy from, and I was like, you know, I remember thinking like, you know, everybody's got flaws, you know, like, who am I to judge? You know, um, uh, it was definitely that kind of benefit of the doubt energy. Um, but it was definitely, you know, like I took on a trip, um, And it was like a couple hour trip, but like, you know, we got a little hotel and just, I was on a lake and it was really nice. And, you know, it it was, it was, it was just like, I remember just waking up next to her and we were looking at the sunrise and I was like, wow. Like, I remember just looking at her and being like, and I said to her, I was like, I could spend my rest of my life doing this, you know? And I, I just was so, um, I was so in love. Just, I had never felt that before. And, um, I mean, like she surprised me on my birthday. Um, I remember like, you know, she was waiting for me in my room and it was like during the middle of the day, you know, that kind of thing. And she was wearing an outfit. It was just like the most, I was so forward that someone would do that, like completely surprise me. And that's like surprises are always like what gets me because I don't ever expect it because I'm usually the one that's giving, you know, I'm the giver. So whenever I receive, especially when I'm not expecting it, it always blows me away. And she was Really good about that, um, at least in the beginning.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and then but the, we definitely. The sorry. One, sorry, go ahead. Uh, and then, then the uh, after that, the the devaluation began.
0: Um, it started a little bit after that. Um, I started to kind of realize, even through this 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 love phase, that like she wasn't like she swore like a sailor, you know. Um swore more than anybody i've ever been around and i i don 't have a, the cleanest mouth in the world, but I mean she put me to shame and you know and i, I mean, not just like um like normal with the four letter words i mean there was a lot of the racial words you know n bombs um s bombs uh you know anything that she could think of she call somebody that it just was like I remember just being very much like i, I don't and she never, it was not like, it was like she would quote like almost like in like a rap way and she was white, you know, so I, it was like kind of like, I don't know why you're saying this all the time. You know, I remember just being like, so there was a lot of like, I remember thinking like, why is it like, something's not matching up here, you know, because, um, you know, she would want to go like, you know, drink a shit ton and then go to church the next day. And like we were in our mid thirties. I mean, she was, she's older than I am. So I remember I was thinking, like, why is this, like, why is this happening? Like, this doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, But I kind of just would, like, you know, I remember thinking, well, it's my problem. You know what I mean? Like, it's my problem because she's okay with this and I'm not. So I kind of just, you know, took it on my own. But um, about a month after my birthday, I planned another trip for her um, where, you know, I took her to, you know, to a city, and it was like a bigger, it was a longer trip, so it was like a longer weekend. I got this really, really nice hotel room. Um, I surprised her. She had no idea where we were going, so I was really proud of that. I spent like a couple weeks planning this trip out for us. And um, I took her, this, I had her like go, I said, you know, I wore a suit. I said, dress to the nines. We're going to go out, hit the town, you know, and I remember. Uh, we took a really nice Italian restaurant and went to a jazz club, you know, it was really, really cool, you know? And, you know, we were there till like almost midnight at this point. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't, I mean, I normally go to bed like at nine. So it's like, you know, I'm already kind of tired, but I'd been drinking a little bit and we, we moved back to the hotel and but she was like, I want to go dance. And at this point I was pretty drunk and pretty tired. And then she was like, "Well, let's go to a dance bar." So we went to this, like, you know, techno bar. And um, by then, I started sobering up. My head started pounding, and um, she was trying to dance on me. And she looked up and she goes, "You look miserable." And I said, "Well, this music isn't helping my headache." And she, even under under the the dance music, you know, she just scoffed and stormed out. And I was like, I was like, "Gosh, ah, shit!" You know, so like I. I'm chasing after her and no lie, she is, she's like a good 30 feet ahead of me, right? Like, and I cannot, like, I'm trying to keep up with her, I'm calling out to her and she's just not turning around. And finally I got up to her and I grabbed her shoulder. I'm like, what's going on? And she looked at me and she goes, you're the most boring person I've ever dated. And I just like sat back, like, or stood back and she just kept on walking and I was just, like, so blown away by this, you know, um, because I remember thinking, like, I had planned this whole trip. Like, how how is this boring? You know, I remember just being, like, so hurt by that. And we got back to the hotel room, and, like, of course, it's like, you know, I'm I'm apologizing the whole way up, and she's so fucking mad at me, like – Just like fuming, arms crossed, like uh, trying, like every time I would touch her, she would move away from me kind of thing, you know, and I'm going like, what the hell's going on? You know, and we got back to the room and I'm laying down and I'm not feeling good. And she's like, I'm not taking care of you. And she stood at the edge of the bed and she was just texting. And I, at this point I had passed out. I was starting to pass out, and it was like I remember and it's even now i i you know I didn't remember that she was doing this, like I remember it later that she was texting I remember I thought she I thought she was just like you know I don't know on Facebook or something like that, she was always on social media, so like it was so I thought she was just on there, but I remember she was definitely talking to somebody now, I think back and it, it kind of was, you know, I woke up the next morning before she did. And I walked around and, you know, I finally came back up and I said, you know, this is my fault. I took the blame. I said, you know, uh, I'm feeling really insecure. So, you know, I'm going to start going to the gym and, you know, it means I don't feel really good about myself. So I'm going to lose some weight and she'd already been working out and she'd lost at that point. I mean, she wasn't big, but she already lost like 10 pounds, ten fifteen 15 pounds. And she was looking really good and, Um, you know, so I was like, I kind of felt like I don't want to lose this person, you know? So I, I kicked it into high gear. Like
1: within this time, is she, um, devaluing you in other ways or are there other things kind of going on that you've been letting slide the way she talks um, to you or anything like that?
0: Yeah. So basically, um, you know, in, in, in the process of talking, You know, in the beginning parts of it, you know, she uh, she did have with this, you know, boisterous laugh and um, this confidence. She has a really uh, dark sense of humor. And um, so at first it was kind of like funny, you know, you, you laugh at jokes you shouldn't laugh at, you know, stuff like that. But she was really cruel, like really, really cruel. Um, and she would try to like take, you know, at first she would take digs at me. Like, you know, I remember, you know, I played, I played, you know, bass in my band. And I remember her sending me a thing like, you know, oh, you play bass. And it's like, you know, I'm pulling panties up, stuff like that. Like, like kind of like, you know, it's like almost like, you know, little subtle jabs. And I thought, okay, that's kind of funny. You know, I didn't really think nothing of it, but it, you know, it just kept on being very, um, she told me, like, you know, she would say stuff and then try to pass it off as a joke. Like, she would almost like that whole passive-aggressive, like, be cruel, but then, oh, I'm just kidding with you. And then it was like, she remember just, she remember her saying to me, like, you know, I just, I have to handle you with kid gloves because you just can't take any jokes. Like, you don't have a sense of humor. You're not funny. And I'm a pretty jovial guy, and I remember just kind of feeling like, you know, I remember when she said, "I have to handle you with kid gloves uh, because I can't handle her humor." I remember just being like, "Well, why are you why are you being mean? Like, there's no point. Like, I'm thinking like, you know, make fun of other people. Like, okay, but like, I'm not doing anything that's worth that, you know. But so she would always like, I don't know. She it would definitely be like very much like she would try to, um. Like, I would ask a question, like, or ask her something, and she'd be like, what, you don't know anything about that? She would be like, you know, um, you haven't changed a tire? You're not a man. Like, that kind of stuff. And it was, be like, you're too, she called me one time, one time, she's like, you know, you're just kind of an elitist, aren't you? Like, you're just, you know, your hands are soft, so, like, you're not, you're not blue collar. And, like, I, worked on, I work an office job, so I'm thinking, like, I'm just, I just always just felt like, You know, I always kind of felt like I wasn't man enough for her. You know, um, was she
1: ever taking positives positives of yours and then uh, turning them into negatives?
0: She would say stuff like, "You know, you're too nice." I got that a lot. You're too nice. You're too nice to people. You know, which again, which with the religion thing, I'm just like scratching my head. You know, like you know, like something where I like, you know, I have this personal mantra where I try to do like one nice thing for somebody every day. And she was very much like, that didn't really make a lot of sense to her. Like at first she was like, like that she, I think she found that endearing, but like almost like she always told me, she's like, I was just waiting for you to turn to an asshole. Like all my niceness was fake. So that then she could be like, see you're real. And then she was like, oh no, you're actually really nice. You're actually like a good person. You're a good man. You know, I always held the door open for her and all this stuff, but it always felt like because I wasn't like, you know, I didn't drive a pickup truck or I wasn't, you know, working on cars. It, there was always this very much of uh she would always kind of look down at me and be like, you know, I don't know shit about cars, you know, and she'd be like, yeah. And she, I remember her talking to like a friend of hers and be like, well, you know, he doesn't know anything about cars. And then like to a per- car person, they would laugh together, you know, and I would just kind of. Even though they were older, and it wasn't meant to be like mean, it was mean, like that kind of stuff. You know, it was definitely a lot of like subtle, very subtle devaluing that I really just kind of brushed off. But it just made me feel like, well, I got to try harder then. You know, like okay, maybe I'm not this.
1: It is taking like, its you know, toll want- on you, and yeah, it's was subtle, it, 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 sure. but it's also I'm making you off balance in the sense of. Um, you know, you don't know—is she being serious? Is she not being serious? You're kind of confused. I assume by all of this, and it's kind of it—it's it, it's creating a a web for you that you're kind of falling into um, of self worth, like uh, you know, it's playing around with your self worth and your self esteem.
0: Right, and it was already low, and then. You know, we got through Valentine's Day, and I remember just – we went to some – I don't know what it was. Like, we went to some – her neighbors had this outdoor party, and, like, she – it was all, like, a country time thing. I, I don't know what the team was. So she dressed in, like, an 1880s um dress with a bonnet and stuff like that. I don't – I forget what the hell it was about. But she just was, like – so like completely not interested in me, like completely like, I'm sorry. I haven't thought about this in a while. So it's kind of, I'm trying to, I had that feeling kind of hitting me. of just being with somebody who does not want to be around you. And I didn't know why, like I'm thinking like, and I'm talking it out with my friends and I'm going like, am I doing something wrong here? I'm asking like completely, I'm just asking anybody like, am I fucking up here? Like, what can I do to make this better? What can I do to fix this? What can I do? And like, and everyone's like, I don't think you're doing anything wrong. And I'm like, well, I'm doing something wrong because she doesn't want anything to do with me. She's starting to pull away. And I don't know. I got to fix this, you know, because like you said, like I'm, I'm feeling all this abandonment and rejection. And so after this like party, she, I, I, she lost it like i i remember she lost her she, she lost her shit on me like i was sick and i told her like hey like, i told her i didn't feel like coming down and seeing her because it wasn't an hour drive between us and i was like i it was supposed to be a friday night and um my roommate at the time was just got dumped by this girl and i was not feeling good and i was laying down i got i left work early i told her i don't feel really good so i'm gonna stay home you know and he came home, and he was really upset, and he was like, hey, man, can you can you come talk to me? Like, I just need to talk this out. So I was like, all right. So, like, you know, my head was pounding, but he wanted to go to um, uh, Twin Peaks. I don't know if you know what that is. It's kind of like Hooters, but they're wearing, like, plaid stuff. And I'm like, whatever. I, don't, I didn't give a crap, right? But I'm just going there, and I'm just sitting there and just listening to him talk. And I'm not eating. I'm just drinking water, you know, because I don't feel good. I'm just trying to be there for him. So like, we get home, and I call her, and I'm like, yeah, I just got back from um, from Twin Peaks, and she lost it. She's like, I'm home alone on Friday night, and you're out at a bar having fun without me. Like, this is totally – I cannot believe you're doing this. this is, I can't believe you would do that. And I'm like, look, I feel like crap. Like, you're lying to me. I'm like, no, I, I'm sick, but like he needed me there. And so I went. Like, I didn't want to go, but – needed me there. And she's like, I just can't do this relationship anymore. And at that point I was like, you know, you're probably right. Like we probably just need, or this driving all the time is, is, is starting to wear us down. And, and at this point I'm thinking like, you know, like at the point at that time, I I had started the process of buying a house for her, myself and her kid. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to bridge this gap. Right like i'm gonna go full i'm still gonna push the the chips inside so we we found this really cute little house up in the woods i'm thinking this is perfect you know it's got two rooms you know he's got his own side we've got ours like you know you know it's got a big lawn and all this stuff and i'm thinking this is great you know um so i was thinking like you know well let's just take a you know let's just like you know cool our jets a little bit you know like Let's just, you know, we can talk, but, you know, let's just not – you don't have to see each other. Just see each other whenever we can, and we'll make it work. And she was like, okay, that sounds good. You know, I left feeling pretty good. I was like, you know, maybe this is what we need. Maybe the break is, what, is healthy for us. And it's because, I mean, at that point I was I was getting pretty fed up myself, um, but I was still needing that, that that closeness. So everything was going great, and, you know, I had this friend – well, I, I I I posted something on Instagram, and my friend of mine, she's an ex model, and she's you know five eleven, blonde, beautiful, right? And I, I she used to work with my mom and all this stuff. So uh, beautiful girl, and she happened to comment on something, and it was very like tongue in cheek. It wasn't like she was um you know, flirty. It was just more of like, Oh, Hey, that's really funny. Ha ha. Hope you're doing okay. Kind of thing. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm doing great. You know, hope you're doing well too. Like that kind of innocuous. Right. And I remember she sent me this text of this like weird smiley face. Right. And I remember being like, what the hell is that? I said, what is that? And she didn't reply. And then I got this email from her. And this email talks about, it. she goes, well, you finally did it. I'm jealous. I see this girl and it made me go crazy because you're going to give this girl the love that you were giving me. And, you know, I don't understand. I feel so conflicted and I love you so much. And, you know, I just don't want to lose you. And I think you're the most amazing man and you're the sweetest thing I've ever met and all this stuff. And, and I'm just reading this letter and I'm like, because she can't ever, she can never say that. She has to write it out because mm-hmm. she can never, like, orate that she has deep feelings for somebody. She has to type it all out because she just can't say it. And I remember reading this. I was like in Walmart or getting some groceries. And I remember reading this email. I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, I thought we were just chilling, you know, on a break. Like, I, I don't know where all this flood of emotion comes from. But you know, at that point. I got, that was my confirmation, right? I got my reassurance. So I called her and I said, hey, everything's great. Um, Don't, I don't know why you, you know, but everything's fine. And, you know, so she was, that was the only real time that she was ever.
1: But in in reality here, she is, well, you say genuine, but in reality here, she was distancing herself from you separating herself from you. And as soon as someone else showed interest in you, she didn't like that and nope. wanted to kind of bring you back, uh, into the fold. Uh, and you, f- and you fell for it in that sense.
0: Right. Cause I yeah. didn't think anything was wrong. Cause I thought we were just on a break, like a semi break, like, cause we were still seeing each other. We were still having sex. Like we were still dating you know, we still said, I love each other. So I just, I didn't really understand where this was coming from. I was really confused. Because I didn't think really anything had changed other than we're not seeing each other as often. But if we still saw each other. I mean, like nothing had really changed, which was why, why I was so confused. <clears throat> but I, I think about it now, and I think it was because she was already seeing somebody else. Like she had already set sights on somebody else. And was already, uh, 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 but thought that she could keep me in, you know, the the background, so to speak, and 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 she could do this, and then this freaked her out because, God forbid, somebody else finds me attractive. Um.
1: So you so- were being, so kind of you were being set up for you. You were at first a primary source of narcissistic supply. And eventually you were being put into the role of a secondary uh, narcissistic supply and she was moved on to someone else. And as soon as you, she noticed that you were pulling or had or not noticed, but like that someone showed interest in you, in uh, maybe in her mind, what was kind of going on was, oh, there goes this piece of supply for me. I need to pull that person back in because I need to be entertained all the time when I want to be entertained. Right. Okay.
0: And, and that's what I figure out now. I think sometimes, again, sometimes it's hard because I, had, I still love this person more than I loved anybody. So I still wanted to see the good in them. You know, I didn't see the train that was coming. I just figured I finally got the, my affirmation. At this point, she started going to gym hardcore. She was going to gym all the time, um, Had a per- hired a personal trainer, which she didn't really have the money for, but she found the money for this guy. I felt like I was still stagnant, and she was getting more and more – I felt like she was disgusted with me. That was the energy that she was giving me. And I got really needy and like, you know, like I tell, I'm the first person to admit like, you know, obviously through this whole process, like I'm not perfect, you know, like I definitely didn't do a lot of things right in this relationship. I definitely wasn't perfect, but I did a lot of things with the best of intentions and it started to kind of dawn on me, even though I was so in denial that there was something so wrong with what was happening because my, my family and my friends could see it. Right. And I remember uh, my, she didn't come up for my niece's birthday and like, you know, I came back and my friends told me like my brother was really upset because he didn't, he was mad at her because like my whole attitude was bad because I was worried about her. And he's like, she's treating him like crap. Like, look at him. And she was like, no one, she, he's like, no one treats anybody like, like, like I do. Like he was like, he's such a good guy. Why is she doing this to him? And all my friends were like, I don't know. And I, in this was, I found all of this out months later, but it was that kind of, no one really understood what was going on. Even the, my friends that were around, it was always like, and and it would, they would joke because they would be like, you know, she'd be like, I want, you should buy me a jet ski. You know, and then she was like, we should do acid. And I'm more like, what the hell's going on? Like, I'm still like all, you know, but I'm thinking, you know, once I buy this house, I'm still like, that's like, you know, my carrot at the end of the stick. Like I buy that house. We live together. Everything's going to be fine. I just got to get to that house. And it was in June. You know, so I just got to make it to get the, get to that house, you know. And so we, you know, I buy the house, move in. She comes up. We we have a nice weekend a, away, you know. Um, uh, there's a town that's not that far, so we went there for like a weekend trip. Just a nice, had really nice food, all this kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, she... Told me she was like, I'm um, yeah, her dream car is an Audi. Like she's just obsessed with Audi. She had one and then, like, she got it got into a wreck and it ruined it. So she was driving this piece of crap where she really wants Audi, So she found this Audi in Texas, which is like a nine hour drive. And she's like, I'm gonna go get it. And it was like, you know, mind you, she made very little money. Uh, she so. But she was like she could barely afford – She like she had just enough money to cover all of her bills and have a little bit out, left over. And so she, all of a sudden she was like, I want this Audi, and I've got the payment set up, and it's going to be $300 a month and all this stuff. And I was like, well, oh, hey, you know, if that's going to make you happy, knock yourself out, you know. So at this point she got this car, and she was so happy and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, well, I made her happy. And like at this point, like I had – you know, she she was struggling paying some bills, so I paid for some of her small bills, like nothing big. But I was giving her, you know, I paid for some of her groceries. I insisted on buying her groceries. I was doing like little things here and there to kind of help her save up some money. And um, so at this point, she, you know, she had this her her Facebook picture was her wearing these. It was a side picture, kind of a distance picture, but like she had her ass sticking out. And she's wearing these tight blue pants and her tongue sticking out. So her ass is out and tongue is out, right? And that's her Facebook picture. And she was like, I can, and she was telling me, "It's like, I cannot stand how many guys are hitting me up. I'm getting hit up by, I'm getting messages all day from guys, and it's so annoying. And I remember thinking, like, well, why aren't, why aren't, telling her, like, well, why don't you just change since we just got back from this? This little trip, we took a really good picture together. Why don't you change your Facebook picture to that? And that would probably discourage them. She never really answered that. Uh, But I got on there. I remember I was at work and it was late in the day, and I got on there just to see if she did change it. Of course, she didn't. And I look at her Facebook profile and she writes this huge, long message about how much she's gone through in her life from every little struggle she's had and all the, the bad stuff that she had. And now that she's, you know, got this car and she starts and she says, I owe it all to my amazing family and Jesus because I gave my life to Jesus. I was able to reap the benefits of having a better life and share quote in the Bible. And I got to the end of it and she didn't mention me once. at this point, we've been together for a year and a half. And my face, all the blood drained from my face. And I just got up and I I was like, I only had like an hour left of work, I think. It was right around. It was late in the day. And I just walked out of my car and I started driving home and I couldn't even make it home. I pulled over at a gas station. I just started crying because I was so like – I tried so hard, so hard to make this work. I did everything. I thought I, I did. I felt like I was doing everything in my power. And she has this one thing where she could just say, you know, I have this amazing man in my life and he's always been supportive and loving. And it was like nothing. I was so hurt. I just could not stop crying. Cause I just felt like, There's nothing – I'm not good enough. There's nothing that I'm ever going to do that's ever going to be good enough for this person. And this person I loved so much, and it just could not understand why. Like how – like I was like, what else do I have to – I remember feeling that way. I was so defeated. And I – at that point, I was – and then I got angry. And it was the 4th of July. And, uh, you know, I started mocking her face. And like, I, I was so angry at her. I was just a complete asshole, like just complete asshole. And at that point, I didn't care. And she was really pissed off and she hung up with me. And then I remember I texted her in the morning and I said, you know, hey, I'm sorry for acting that way because I was still like, well, I got that out of my system kind of thing. And then she replied for like four hours. And she said, I don't think I can come back from this. And I was like, yeah, I kind of figured. So I called her and I said – and she was very cold, but she was like – I'm like, so I guess – you probably want to end this. And she's like, yeah. I said, well, come up and get your stuff. And so she drove up the next day and walked in. I gave her a hug. She handed me a letter, and the letter would basically just read how much of an asshole I am, and that's why she's breaking up with me. And I read parts of it. And I'm just being like, what the fuck ever? You know I mean? At this point, I was so like, I was so done with her shit, you know? And then she like, you know, we, I remember like, you know, we, we, at that point we were planning a trip to go to Vegas. It was, it was my roommate's 30th birthday. And she was like, I'll go to Vegas if you still, and we can have sex like that. And I was just kind of, like looked at her and I was like, you know, I was trying at that point I was like, yeah, I, I was so like, I don't know. It was, it was so like a weird feeling. It was kind of like relief, but also kind of like dumbfounded that this was like I was wasn't registering that this was over almost. So like we had sex one more time because at this point, I just I, I don't know. I felt like that would be the closure. So,
1: so you didn't think it was weird that she just gave you a letter telling you what big of an asshole you are and then she wants to go to Las Vegas with you? Oh yeah, but it wasn't
0: at that moment. I, I don't, to be honest, like I don't really. It was kind of a weird, dumb feeling. It was all kind of like a blur, you know, because I think I was just so kind of like pissed off, but hurt, and like I felt like five different emotions, and I was kind of rolling through all of them at the same time, you know. Um, it was kind of weird, but I, I'm, I mean, even at that moment, I'm like, you're not going to fucking Vegas with me, because I knew exactly what she would do. Like, I saw this coming a mile away. I knew that if I took her to Vegas, I'm still in love with her. She would go bang somebody else and get mad at me and tell me, you know, well, we're not dating, so I can do whatever the hell I feel like. You know, that kind of, that was her attitude, you know? I'm like, I'm not dealing with this crap. And so, you know, at that point, and then, like, she walked, she walked out, she dropped me home, I gave her a hug, and then I immediately, when she left, I called my roommate, and I literally took all the gifts that she gave me, and I threw them all out. She drew me a picture, a self-portrait, and she's a really good artist. Uh, She drew me a picture. I threw it away. I threw away that that nice little jar of things. I'm like, this means nothing. Like, I knew it, and I knew it. And I started crying because, like, I didn't want to throw this away. But at the same time, I was so angry because I was just so fed up with her. You know, like it, it. It got to a point. Like the first day or two, I was almost like <sighs> relieved, and because like, like I immediately blocked her on social media. You know, and I deleted. I, I got off my accounts. You know, I didn't. I didn't use. I uninstalled Instagram. I, I deactivated my Facebook. You know, I. I, I got off of all that crap, and because I'm like, I'm. I'm not dealing with this. You know, because I'm, I'm not going to see her gallivanting with some other guy because it would crush me. And she's the type of person that would post the pictures to to rub it in my face. Like I knew that she was that type of person, but I still loved her. And
1: so you still so, had like on some sort of pedestal here, even though it was officially over. Yeah. Does she ever try to hoover you back? When she
0: would try to text me, it was always like. You know, on a Tuesday at like 11, right? It was never on the weekends. It was always during the middle of the week during a time when there's no attention given to her. That's when she would talk to me. And I I knew all of this. I knew what she was doing, but yet I still, I had this person so far up on a pedestal that I could not see. And like, I just started rationalizing everything. I said, you know, I made excuses for everything she did. Like, you know, I'm the one, I'm the stick in the mud. I'm the one that, that held her back. She just got out of a divorce, you know. Obviously, you know she wanted to go experience life, and I'm holding her back because I'm not really for that, and it's my fault. was so, like I was, I, I had put her up on this this pedestal that I just excused everything she did, I justified every action she did, and I just said it was we was because of me, you know. And so I I, I spent all this time like ruminating over this. And it just was awful. I was in such an awful place, and nothing really made it better. I, I, you know, and I, I started to really go into therapy, and you know, I started to dive into, you know, Red Pill Stoic philosophy, understanding, you know, narcissism, the understanding, like you know, all this. Like I kind of covered the gamut. I went. I, I just tried to find reasoning, which sometimes made it worse because it made me feel like, like you know. It's awful. Some of the stuff these like mansphere blogs do, but they basically just tell you how much of a pathetic loser you are, and that's why you attracted, you know, this type of person because you feel like you deserve it, which made me feel even worse about myself. So it was like, so did you fall into?
1: Did you fall into a deep depression?
0: Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was. I. I was. I was just, you know, showing up to work. You know, I was just. You know there, I would get my job done, and it would just be it, it was like a goal for me to make it through the day or make it through the weekend without like blowing my brains out. It was that kind of darkness it was just so I felt so awful um
1: so do you feel last- that a big part of this relationship and why you were a why you fell so hard, partly with the stuff that you came in with, but then partly because you didn't feel in the whole scheme of things respected in any way?
0: You know, I, at first I thought she did. And I think, you know, part of I think the hardest thing for me was was thinking she was something she wasn't like, I thought she respected me. So therefore, it's like, I realized that what she was doing, like who she is. And it's like, I didn't realize that at the time, because I just was kind of naive. Like, I really believe this is how love is. Like, you just love somebody unconditionally. This is the way this is, you know, part of that is, is that they got bad parts of them. Um, I felt like she did. And I think that I don't know if she ever did, but I think she did at one point.
1: So now, so now I think that you're that's kind
0: of what it comes out.
1: So now that you're in the after, aftermath of everything, what has been uh, going? How have you been able to move on?
0: Um, well, I spent honestly, I held on for a year and a half. Um, part of me always hoped that she would um, come back you know, I uh, would wake up just, I would get that, you know, I'd pray every day that she would just text me and say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, but I spent a lot of time trying to find myself. And, you know, I really kind of became a shut in. I'm, I'm always been introverted. I've always been, um, Kind of, I'd rather be alone. And I think I really just honed in on that. And, um, I worked on just, you know, working on different things of, of kind of figuring out why this happened. And so I spent a lot of time really dealing with my abandonment issues and realizing that I had these issues, especially dealing with the death of, you know, someone as amazing as my mom. And really, like, understanding, like, kind of, like, some of the stuff that I was feeling was this residual uh, loyalty to some of the feelings my mom had. Because my mom had a very troubled life, too. And I I felt like, you know, part of what I was feeling was trying to save my mom through this person. So a lot of it was, like, kind of really understanding um, the emotions I was feeling and realizing that these emotions that I was feeling, the reason why I attracted this person, like, and, and not in a bad way, but realized it was a lot of, because it, it was, it, this person was a mirror for me in a lot of ways. This person was how, was able, was for so, for whatever reason was able to mirror back the the feelings both good and bad that I had about myself and the ability that I had and the pain that I was carrying, it really kind of showed me like, oh, okay, so I, I allowed myself to be treated this way because I didn't feel like I deserved any better. And like an understanding that like that, and you know, part of it too was forgiving myself. That was the hardest thing that I felt so duped. You know, I felt so stupid. And ashamed, like I was so embarrassed that this person, I love this, this person who like did all these things and was this awful person. And I knew that on an intellectual level, but I had realized that I had projected all this stuff onto her and that's not her job. Like, and I realized that, you know, it's not anybody's job to make me happy. It's my job to make me happy. And that was like, I really dove into learning to love myself because I realized I had such a low opinion of myself. I still struggle with it. Even today, there, there are definite, I mean, I'm battling some stuff right now, some, some demons, but it's not nearly the level of where it was a year ago, year and a half ago, two years ago, um, when this all kind of blew up. So I, I kind of measure myself. I'm able to be very self-aware, that's probably one of my best qualities. To be perfectly honest, I'm very aware of how I feel. I'm very understanding of how things feel, so I'm able to really understand. Okay, if I'm feeling this way, if, this, if I'm having this emotional reaction, okay, what is this? Why is this triggering me? Oh, because I feel abandoned. Because this makes me feel insecure. Because I'm actually really scared. Oh, okay, so because I feel scared, I'm not. I'm not going to allow this. I'm not going to react to this person's emotional reaction. Especially with. I have a great girlfriend now. And when she reacts to stuff, sometimes, like, I don't get triggered because I understand that my, my emotions have nothing to do with her. So I just let her kind of be that, and I kind of give her a space to feel what she feels because if she's having an emotional reaction, I say it's okay. Like, I give her a loving space to feel this emotion because I understand it's got nothing to do with me. And, like, and that's what you start to kind of realize is that, you know, you st- part of it is, like, you stop being a victim you stop being a victim of your emotions and letting your emotions rule. Because it's like, I dove a lot into Carl Jung and understanding your subconscious. Like I dove into all this philosophy and understanding like how your subconscious runs you. And it definitely, and I found that's really true for me. And I was like, wow, it was like this big revelation about how I've been ruled by my emotions. And I kind of just got to understand where my emotions come from and heal. And, No lie, as awful as this experience was and how traumatic it was, it was the most important relationship I ever had with anybody. It changed me profoundly. And to a point that I don't even recognize myself. Like I'm just such a different person from where I was when I got into that relationship, even whenever I ended it. It's like night and day. Like I don't even recognize that that part of me and I see pictures of me from that time. And it's like, man, I don't even, I don't even know that guy. And because I'm so much more peace and calm and self-assured that I never was, I was like the polar opposite of this only a few years ago. Um, And if I did not go through this experience, I don't think I ever would have woken up to this. I never would have realized the, the patterns I was playing over and over again. I don't think I ever would have woken up. I never would. Have, I would have just continued on this path and I would have attracted another narcissist who could have been even worse than this person, you know? And I realized that I was like, wow, and I really just said, you know, I, you know, I can't be with anybody that that's, and I just see the, I see the flags a mile away now and I'm just very aware of it. And I'm aware of them and myself as well. And I'm not, going to point the finger. because Even with her, like, I'm not going to point the finger at her. She wasn't, she wasn't all, this wasn't all on her. A lot of it was me too, but, and the difference was, is now I can understand what was her and what was me. And that's been the biggest difference too, is not putting it all on me, but understanding that some of the stuff was actually hers, which was a big revelation too, because I grew up thinking everything was my fault. Like when I felt abandoned, it was because there was something about me that nobody wanted to be around. So by healing that it was like wow. Like it was just like I would just have these epiphanies that were just mind blowing to me. How I was on this pattern and um, you know, it's kinda how I was able to pull myself out of it. And you know, I'm not perfect like I said, I, I have moments and I'm I'm going through some stuff even now, um, dealing with some with some pain. Um, some emotional strife uh, but I'm able to deal with it in a lot healthier manner than I've ever been and it's I just measure myself constantly see how I'm doing and um, I do whatever if I have measures I need to do I make sure that I give myself enough self-love and um, be around really good people that love me and I just get that reinforcement and, and it makes all the difference.
1: And before we end off our show do you have any last words for everyone out there?
0: Um, yeah, I really think that the one thing I want, want everybody to know is that it's not your fault, but this this is something what you, what you, why you attracted this person or any of that has little to do with who you are right now, but really understanding that sometimes this is, this is way deeper than you think it is. And understand that you have the power change this and make this better. And it's okay to be a victim. It's okay to be in pain, but it's important to make sure that you forgive yourself and let yourself off the hook and love yourself because it isn't anybody else's job to, because people can love you or they can hate you, but it's got nothing to do with you. It's all about how people feel about themselves. So once you understand that, it is the biggest liberation because then you can just accept people for who they are and not who you want them to be.
1: Well, Darren, thank you for being on our show and sharing your story with me and the uh, and, and the audience today. Uh, it's been an honor. So um, I wish you nothing but the best uh, going forward, and I'll probably uh, check up on you in in the near future. Uh, so again, once again, thank you for uh, being on the show, and for everyone out there listening, have a good night.